Today's show is brought to you by Bogart Extractors, an industry leader in hydrocarbon extraction. Over the last decade, Bogart has implemented many new technologies, which have helped to revolutionize the way hydrocarbon extractions are performed. Each unit is made with sanitary stainless steel and is built and tested right here in the USA. Their certified system for use in licensed facility meet all NFPA and ASME standards and undergo peer-reviewed by third-party engineers to ensure facilities and its employees can operate safely. Beyond simply making a functional extractor, Bogart has many additional features which make extraction faster and more cost-effective compared to other manufacturers. These features include hydrocarbon failing films to supercharge evaporation rates, heavy-duty explosion-proof pumps for flammable liquids and vapors, industrial chillers capable of maintaining large tanks of solvent at temperatures below 60 Celsius. They also offer extensive tech support and consultation services. So whether you need to set up an extraction lab from scratch or you just need some replacement gaskets, Give them a call at 855-553-3887 or check out their website at www.bogart.com. Right, this is Mark Ristelli with The Hemp Show. I'm on with another deep dive, and today I've got Jessica Williams with me. Say hey. hello, Jessica. Hello, hello. How are you? I'm, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. And um, so I guess to, to kick things off, this, the start of this one's going to be a little bit different than most, mainly because, um, you know, we just jumped on the line, and I, I, in the background was the, the Derek Chauvin trial and uh, the verdict which came back as a conviction. I mean, you know, obviously it's, it's 420. So it's a, it's a happy day. I haven't gotten, gotten a chance to partake yet myself, but a lot of negative stuff going on there. I'd love to go ahead and switch this to a, to a positive topic, but um, you know, overall as a, as a woman of color in the hemp space, have you, have you experienced, uh, you know, any personal issues as far as um, I don't know, any, any types of discrimination or anything going on in the space that have come across ultimately you've had to battle with just just throwing that one out there to start with something i guess yeah um i i have been fortunate i haven't had many experiences i did when i was um in high school and i worked at a a local uh restaurant um i was you know ignored basically i was trying to help a customer and he just flat out ignored me and you know the next person caucasian asked the same thing I asked and got immediate response. So I feel like that was the only time where I felt like, okay, I was ignored because of my skin color. I did feel some type of way about it, but it wasn't to the extent of experiences, which I know other people have experienced. So I I would say that I'm very fortunate, (laughs) prayerfully and thankfully. um, uh, George Floyd, not exactly the same, but the verdict did just come back guilty on all charges. So I think that our community can feel a little bit better about justice within the country and maybe take a step forward and move past this and, you know, get on with our lives. Right. Right. And I mean, yeah. I know we're, we're here to talk about the hemp industry at the same time. Right. Such yes, a, of course. Such a polarizing case that's been, um, you know, the, the country has been divided, not necessarily on this case. I don't think the country divided on this case. I just meant divided in general and, and, um, battling and 
the one thing I always say is just that like, if everybody could just come around cannabis and hemp, it would bring everybody together. You know, it doesn't matter if you're right wing, left wing, ling, Republican, Democrat, black, white, any colored, you know, you smoke a bowl on 420 with people next to you, those people are going to be your best friends. Like, it's I just, know. that's just the way it is. Speaking of 420, it is 420. I got a picture of 420 on 420. That never happened. So. <laughs> oh, no way. Yeah. So wait, 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 what time, it's, it's, what time is it out there? It's, and now it's 5. 15 5 13 now oh right. we missed, we missed it by a little bit see i'm i'm it's 2 13 you know where i'm at so okay. i still got some time although got some time. i don't i can't i can't smoke during the day i mean i i've got way too much stuff that i just need a clear a clear head for so i'll wait till later this evening but i'm gonna i've got a pretty full schedule so it's gonna basically okay. be non-stop you know but since Last we spoke, I mean, it was very, obviously very, very recent, um, you mm-hmm. know, 15 minutes on the hemp show is not right. enough time to dive into too much. So, right. you know, really just talking about uh, Sky's Herbal and, and what you're doing there. So how have things, how have things been? How are things progressing? And ultimately, let's, let's get into some of the, I want to also touch a bit more on the athletic nature as far as your, you know, your background as a basketball player you know, anytime I hear athletics, I just perk up because loved it for so long. <laughs> so I guess overall, how are things going with Skies? So we are planning a huge event right now. It's going to be in Houston, Texas. It's going to be Texas Hemp Fest. And I was trying to do this last year. I felt like a big event in a big city would be the best way to break out in the industry. So basically what I want to do is get different smoke shops, different farmers who, you know, farm hemp, different smoke shops and small businesses to come out and get a booth and, you know, show their products and just give them a way to to showcase what they have. So I've been trying to do that since last year, and it's actually going to be May 29th and May 30th. Um, so I have the biggest radio station down there doing some advertising for us. I have some local artists coming out, and it's just going to be a big family-friendly event to introduce one, Sky's Herbal to the world and to the industry, and also to bring awareness to hemp as a whole. And just for, you know, everyone to have a good time as well. And, you know, enjoy CBD and hemp and all things cannabis. But well, that sounds that sounds incredibly interesting. And actually, as you mentioned that, I just pulled up the website. So uh, on there. exhempfest.com. Is that that's you? No, it's you have to go to my website. You have to go to Sky's Herbal. That was taken, and they wanted me to oh, pay those, like seventeen hundred dollars. Oh, for what's the well? Well, there it's put up like a. There's actually a what landing you, page here. Yeah, there there tickets. might be because yeah, there's yeah yeah. To, are they are they page. totally are they totally just uh, squatting Listen, and, and basically no? But you know, there's I googled it, and there's a couple other companies who have put it out there. So I don't know if you know, other people are, you know, what they're doing, but I couldn't get the website. I was trying to get texasinfest.com, but it was taken and they wanted me to pay like two grand or something crazy for it. So I was like, I'm just going to attach a page to my website. Just ask, just, just add the word show at the end of it and we'll help out with it. Just call it Texas Hemp Show Show, uh, Festival. Okay. (laughs) Let's do it. I mean, make it easy. These, yeah, this, I mean, this doesn't look, it doesn't look like they've got check around here. Sorry to Sorry to sidetrack this. I'm just a little curious to see if they have oh, a date. Yeah. It'll pop it up. It says, yeah. I mean, their date was 2019. It looks like nothing yeah, has changed since then. So yeah, that's they've old. lost that's their, not, yeah. They've lost their spunk and I've yep. come and swooped in and took over. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, we would love to help wherever we can. I mean, I know we have a bunch of Texas businesses 
within mm-hmm. the system, um, what we'll do is we'll okay. put together, we'll put together a little, a little uh, message for them. Just I'll reach out to them and see if they're okay. they're ready and want to be involved. Uh, very cool. And yeah. my yeah, any size in my birth city. It's in my birth city. Yes, Houston. <laughs> hey, you got to come uh, out. You got to check us out. <laughs> yes. Well, as we as we talked about it, I you know I don't know. I was probably there for three months as an infant, but right. still, I was born in Texas. At least I can say that. I guess <laughs> that counts. That counts. Yeah. Well, I mean, definitely, I want to get a time to to head out there and and do one of our kind of in real life and walk around the walk around the farm, check out mm-hmm. how everything's going on. But still, yeah. I'm kind of on this Texas Hemp Festival. So, sorry, what was the date yeah, again? Yeah, it's it's May 29th and May 30th. It's Saturday and Sunday. It's Memorial Day weekend, so I picked a good weekend. And okay, and you have a you have a venue. You have a venue. Yeah, yeah, we have all that set up. Yeah, we have the venue. It's on private property. We have private security. It's free entry, free parking. I do have VIP entry, and you'll get a a customized bag with a whole bunch of goodies inside for you know the VIP tickets. Um, but it's free entry, free parking, private property. We're gonna have a good time, and mm-hmm. you know. And it is a and it is a festival. It is a it is a yes. It is it is a fest. It's going to be yes, yes. It's for the people, by the people, for the people. Yeah, we'll have booths out there, different food vendors. We're going to have a stage and music, a section for the kids to hang out and play, and you know, do different games, face painting, balloons. You know, yeah, this is very cool. Whole festival. Now there is is there anything is there anything specific that you can think of that we could help out? Is there anything? like what what can we help oh, make happen <laughs> just make it as big as can be i want everyone to be able to participate i feel like a lot of the 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 trade shows and hemp shows even lucky leaf expo they have one going on in austin coming up here pretty soon it's fifteen hundred dollars for a booth and i just feel like most small businesses cannot afford that and it's for a maybe because the tickets to get in are anywhere from forty two hundred dollars so how many people are going to be bucks? Jeez. just to get in? And then you're going to want, you know, if you paid $1,500 for your booth, you're going to want to return on your investment. So you're expecting to make at least maybe 2000 3000 bucks at least minimum to at least have something to walk away with. And I just feel like for people to have to pay 40 to $100 to even get into the door, how likely are they going to spend another $200, $300, you know? Right. And um, know. overall, I mean, this is a you want people to have the best experience possible. Now um, there was a show. So I've been to a whole ton of shows, expos, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever festivals out here in California, most of them were at the San Bernardino fairgrounds back in the day. Cause Mm -hmm. it was the only one that was, it was the only one that was friendly to cannabis. So all the cannabis Mm -hmm. cups were out there, the Emerald cups, the chalice cups, the, well, actually Emerald cups were up North, but I believe they might've held one there too. But either way, it was kind of like, it was basically like whatever the cup was, whatever the festival was, it was always at the same location. And mm-hmm. then there was one, and I'm, I'm mind blanking who put it on. Gosh, I cannot believe I can't remember this. Uh, but there was one that I went to that it was 100% free for everybody to get into. Mm-hmm. The vendors still, you know, the vendors paid for a booth. So, but that one was insane. I'm talking mm-hmm. like popping person to person. Um, it was the most packed. I mean, it was probably a, a hazard as far as how many people they had in that place, but I have been to a ton and some of them are sparse. You know, there's, mm-hmm. you're walking, you're walking down an aisle and maybe there's one or two people at a booth. And then this one was like shoulder to shoulder trying to walk down these, these aisles between the booths, mind blanking what it was, but it makes sense. Like make it, make yeah. it more inviting to yeah. the people that are going to attend 
And those mm-hmm. businesses are going to do way better. They're going to make a exactly. lot more money yeah. as opposed to making everybody pay for the tickets and pay. Everybody pay for parking. Amount. Everybody pay for tickets. Everybody has to pay expensive vendor fees. And then at the end of it, you don't really have a good as a time as you thought you were going to have. Right. It's like going to, uh, if you ever go to like the convention centers, you know, that's what they're, yes. that's, that's their, that's how their models kind of revolve around. Right. Yeah, so I know. Yeah. you go to a, and let's just say it's a, it's not even a B2B convention center. Cause if it's B2B, mm-hmm. you know, if it's, if it's business, business commerce, uh, you're talking thousand dollars for a ticket, $500 for a ticket, like it's up right. there. But yeah. if it's, if it's meant for customers, um, you know, when, when out here, when I head over to the LA convention center, um, area and they have on, you know, like, oh, damn, I can't remember the last one I went to, but either way, after, before you're even in the door, you've paid 40 bucks in, right. in parking and whatever nonsense. And then the ticket yep. costs, oh my gosh, I, I it's, yeah. it's one of my pet peeves. Just nickel yeah, and Cause you already everybody. have to pay for everything when you get in, let's make it easier for people to want to spend their money with the, with the businesses. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to make sure that the businesses are able to thrive. Sky's Herbal as well as other small businesses, you know, in the area. So yeah. is Sky's is Sky's Herbal going to be top of the list as far as the sponsor for this? Sky's for this Herbal event? is the top of the list. Yes, it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah, you'll have your check-in area, and then you'll see Sky's Herbal, and then <laughs> everybody else. <laughs> Excellent. All the other amazing businesses that will be there with us. Yeah, this this gets me excited. I'm definitely going to section off september and see yes, i'll try my it. best i can't confirm yet because i have okay. no idea what my schedule looks like for september right uh, but i'll try my best to get out there that would be incredibly cool and a, a great excuse to to head out to austin although yeah. september in austin isn't it like isn't it like super hot isn't it like 100 and something out there in austin in september so sometimes but not really okay it just depends Okay, so depends. June, July is like your death month. Okay, so don't don't head out there in June and July. <laughs> yeah, skip June and July, especially July. July is where you don't want to be. July is when you want to go to the to the islands or to the beach or north or you know, <laughs> right. somewhere else. It is it is interesting whenever you have uh, like a kind of a, a climate like max some you know in, in one direction or the other whether it's a uh, mm-hmm. whether it's super cold or super hot everybody's trying to dip out I mean I know when I was living in Canada right. in uh, in Edmonton it once it once it hit negative it was like oh god I got to get out of here like I do not mm-hmm. want to be in the negative degree weather so That's obviously got to hit out to California and I think right now it's like seventy five outside it's perfect oh, love it yeah. we're spoiled. We are way too spoiled. Lucky you. Yeah, that's the challenge also with growing in Texas is the heat. That's why we um, we have indoor growing and we want to focus more on hydroponic. We want to do more hydroponic as we grow because one, it's faster and two, it's all going to be indoor. So we don't have to worry so much about the heat. And mm. I think a lot of farmers did a lot outdoors and lost a lot outdoors. So um, everything that we did indoors was awesome and great and amazing. Outdoors slept. But I think that's one of the main reasons why I want to do hydroponics more, but also just because it's so much faster and it's it's just a better grade. It's a better quality. Right, right. Now, I know we talked about this. I know we talked about this in our last conversation, but by Mm -hmm. indoor, you're meaning full indoor artificial light. You're not referring to. Well, I have greenhouses as well. Yeah, yeah. No, we have greenhouses as well. We're doing some of everything, but I want to focus more and do more hydroponic, but we do everything. We do indoor, greenhouse, outdoor. Um, But 
I do want to focus on the hydroponic because it's a better quality. It's a better bud. And I'm doing this to transition to cannabis. So, you know, we always want to make sure we have the top quality. Our model is quality, not quantity, you know? Right. That's what we want to make sure we we stay and we focus on is the quality. Yeah. Keep the craft genetics. Now, um, by indoor and you mentioned hydroponics, you know, I... Mm -hmm. I haven't been to a indoor facility, indoor grow facility in a very long time that did just hydroponics. Most, most of uh, the facilities I've been to are doing some sort of, uh, of grow medium and, and doing, you know, pots. Is right. that, yeah. I mean, is there, I guess I can't, I'm not an expert in that at all. Can't speak to the difference between the two, but is there a, a huge positive or huge difference between doing say a, hydroponic grow versus doing you know some sort of grow medium but also indoors same light same conditions Mm, yes I just feel with hydroponics your nutrients and your plants just they just they can get to the nutrients faster and whenever they want and it's just a happier bigger healthier plant so as far as growing in the pots indoor with the light you have the control that you want and, you know, the light and humidity and, you know, everything that you, you want tailored to how you like it. But I feel like the hydroponic, we grow ours in like five gallons and 10 gallon buckets. So I feel like that five gallon bucket, even with the water, the plant gets bigger versus a five gallon bucket with soil indoor grown. You see what I'm saying? So, you know, you have your pluses and minuses, but I feel like just hydroponically, it's just, it's so much faster. Like you just get. So it's definitely <laughs> less messy. It's not as messy. Yeah, it's, sure. it's not as messy. I mean, it's, it's, it's just as much work because you're having to change water, you know, and right. nutrients and level and measure pH and all of that. But it's a better plan. I just, I feel like hydro is hydro for a reason and everyone's to grow for a reason. And I feel like all dro and hydro that is in the stores and dispensaries is not grown hydroponically in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, is there a certificate that they have to establish? Right. There, no, there there's no rules. There's no, no, there's no rules or regulations. So, you know, you like, oh, this is some good dro and da, 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 but it's grown um, in the ground with soil. I'm, and it's, I'm going to put not... hydro, I'm going to put hydroponically grown on my lemonade here. <laughs> basically, it's basically as relevant as, is. <laughs> Someone having that on their right. product. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So yeah, I actually, uh, I actually got my, I did my first grow is hydroponic. First grows okay. I ever were done. Yeah. You ever seen the, the spinner units? Like, do you remember the, the show? I think they were first, like they got popular a long time ago. And then I got this killer deal. I bought them. I bought one on eBay, but it's like the, it's the circular pod and it has 12 pots in it. And a light sits in the middle of the circular pod. And then you put your plants in those 12 pots and then the pots slowly spin. And then they, they do about 180 degrees okay, and then okay. flip and then they spin. So they're basically constantly spinning 180, 180, mm. 180. They don't spin 360 mm. because they don't want the roots to, 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 to rip and tear. Yeah. Yeah. yeah to rip. Um, but it was, it, it was really, easy for me as far as learning and like the, mm-hmm. um, the, just the, uh, 
what am I trying to say? The learning gap. Damn, I'm I'm mind blanking today. Whew, brutal. I, I need to get on my my 420 joint. <laughs> but it, I've had like saltwater aquariums and just aquariums in general my whole life. So I understand water chemistry really well. Right. Don't really. And then I, I guess in college, I did take soil science classes. So general understanding of soil, but I'm much more comfortable with just water, water, yeah. water chemistry. So when I was learning about hydro, it was just so simple. I was like, oh, you need yeah. the, you need the levels to be this. You need the nitro, uh, nitrogen levels to be this, the, the phosphate levels to be this, the pH mm-hmm. needs to be here the whole time. Temperature has got to right. be so on. I was just like, this is, this is a no brainer. So my first grows were very easy. And then, yeah. um, yeah, it was just, it was an ebb and flow style. So just yeah. pump the water in, let it flow out, pump the water in, yeah. let it flow out. Like every, I want to say like every few hours, I forget how often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's crazy how much you lose and how much knowledge you lose when you don't exercise it. When you don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I haven't, haven't grown hydroponic in so long that I like forgotten most of it. <laughs> right. You need to refresh your course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then I, I, Oh man, not, not really interested in growing in pots again. That was quite the experience. I don't want to dive into that one. Yeah, the worst, it's, it's a lot of work. They're heavy. They're heavy. Yeah. The worst. <laughs> and I think we talked about it a little bit on the last conversation, but mm-hmm. when you get some sort of pests, like, Oh my God, that's another thing. I feel like there's so many bugs in dirt. Like they just come from anywhere and you can't oh, control yeah. it sometimes. Like, Well, spider mites, man, when, yeah. When well, that is one thing that obviously is a battle. Like you got to keep those indoor facilities pretty pristine because right. the worst thing is when you get a teensy tiny spider mite infection because that infestation because that Spreads. thing just takes off. Yeah. I mean, it was so hard. My first grow was great, and then the second or third grow, one of the clones that I got had spider mites on it, and I didn't know obviously at the time. I I inspected them didn't see you didn't know what you're looking for i'm pretty sure that's where it came from but then the second Mm -hmm. row full-on spider mite infestation to the point that you know the the flowers all webbed up and you're just like Mm. oh that's brutal yeah well (laughs) with with moving to hydroponic and hydroponics and setting up the texas hemp fest coming up you've got a lot of stuff on your plate so things are seems like things are going very well with skies herbal as far as as far as product expansion or anything like that going on, you got anything in the works? Yeah, we're working on some Delta Eight. I actually am waiting for the results back from the lab because we've you know sent some stuff out already. So I'm waiting on those results to come back and then you know see what we got and get ready to put it out there. But yeah, Delta Eight is. I mean, I was skeptical of getting into Delta Eight just because you know Delta Eight, but I feel like you got to give the people what they want, and everybody wants Delta Eight, so. Let's give them Delta eight. Well, so I got, I want to, I want to kind of dive into that, that there, because I've seen this happen and I actually just had this conversation with new England extracts. Um, They do a lot of Delta eight. They do a lot of CBG, some of the minor cannabinoids. And one of the things I noticed was that a lot of people were jumping into it. We're jumping into Mm -hmm. the specific cannabinoid. For example, 2018 farm bill passes, right? Everybody's jumping Mm -hmm. into CBD. Some were just jumping into straight CBG only wanted CBG, you know, and that's, that's all they did. Now I was always kind of on the outside, right? Not as a grower or as like a retail business wondering like, where was the market for it? For example, a lot of the end consumers have not 
engaged with or know anything about like say CBG, for example. Right. Now, you know, give, give the people what they want. Are people, is there a demand from the consumers of the product for, for Delta 8? So from a lot of the smoke shops that I've, um, you know, talked with, yeah, their stuff is flying off the shelves. One of the smoke shops I work with in uh, Pflugerville, Texas, like right outside of Austin, they, their stuff is flying off the shelves as well. So I'm just, you know, wanting to stay current with the market. And if that's right. what's flying off the shelf, then let me help put that on your shelf. I guess that makes 100% sense because when you're talking about the smoke shops demanding it, my guess is that the smoke shops consumers would be um, a lot more privy to smoking, a lot more, they'd have a lot more knowledge exactly. on, on the right. cannabinoids. It comes down to a completely different market demographic. They're going to a smoke shop. They clearly smoke something or are used to smoking something. <laughs> right. I guess when I made that comment, I was more referring to like the general population, the general public, like especially mm -hmm. I was using my mom, for example, like my mom only knows about CBD. You know, she's, she's not going to have any idea what Delta eight is or, or right. what it could potentially be. So, but she's not the client there. She's not exactly smoke, not with the smoke. So, so like with my church, I have a, a big church family and a lot of them are not really aware of what CBD is. So I've been teaching them what CBD is. Like they're hearing about it. They're going to stores, Walgreens, seeing it everywhere. And now they want to know what it is and they want to try it, but they don't know what it is. So I've been teaching them and, you know, letting them know what it is. And I think that that's the problem with society right now. I think that the people who just don't know, they just don't know what they don't know. And you've got to be willing to teach them or tell them because they're not going to know any other way. They're going to ask someone else who doesn't know. So right. um, also what I plan on doing at the Hemp Fest is having an area where we demonstrate how we get our product from seed to finished product. So the whole process, the the growing, the hydroponics, the decarb, the infusion, the, you know, labeling, marketing, all of that. So I wanted to make sure that people can understand what it is because people hear CBD, but don't even associate it with hemp because they have no idea what it is. So it's, it's a disconnect and I want to help educate the consumers as well as, you know, sell the product. The O Cannabis Conference and Expo returns to Toronto June 1st through the 3rd, and there are still good booth locations available. This exciting event is free for cannabis retailers and will feature Tommy Chung receiving a Lifetime Achievement Award at the O Cannabis Industry Awards. For more information about exhibiting or to register to attend, go to ocannabis.com. That's O-C-A-N-N-A-B-I-Z.com. Right. I mean, I obviously engage with people every single day. I go to a gym. I get these questions, not on a daily basis, but on a weekly basis. I get some sort mm -hmm. of question related to CBD or, or comes up, hey, what do you, Mark, what do you do? It's like, oh, you know, I do this, run the hemp show, blah, 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 blah. And then just like, oh, mm -hmm. I got a question for you. And they, then they dive into it. So it, it, a lot of it too comes down to a wanting to have a willingness to, to know, you know, having, mm -hmm. being curious. There's, yeah. So many people that I talk to too that just do not want anything to do with it. It is just because nope. they don't know what it is. Absolutely not. Well, it's mm -hmm. kind of like they. I don't know. I. I don't know. I if, guess if you gave them, say you gave them a biofreeze, and then you gave them a CBD ointment, 
and they weren't labeled and they use one <laughs> like seriously they i know where you're one, going they're here. like this okay it's okay and then they use the other one it's like whoa this this other one only worked for a minute but this like lasted for like i really like this one and then come to find out hey that's cbd and they're like wait what and it's like you don't get it because you think cbd is marijuana or you know what i mean something right. that it's not and <laughs> well, i just think that <laughs> That I mean, I, I love I love that concept though. It's exactly what I should do. Um, but no, it's more. I think it comes a lot down to just the person in general. Just if they're curious, they they want to learn, they want to grow. There's just mm-hmm. some individuals you engage with. They're just like, uh-uh, don't want to hear any of it. As far as I know, it's bad. But that's yeah. that's becoming less and less. I mean, yes, that is that is. The yeah. stigma is getting smaller. Right, but then my typically my follow up is like, hey, so um, do you drink? Like, right, because that's way worse than yes. this. I'm like, you're and, basically just ingesting a poison that yeah. helps make you that helps make you get a little loopy, and then, but you know, there's all these other benefits. So it's just they're not even on the same mm. level. I mean, they shouldn't yeah. be on the same level, even though they're treated the same or treated similarly. And then one is mm-hmm. way more regulated than the other, which is I oh, know it's brutal. it's it's insane. It's crazy, and so just to think about the history of why it became illegal in the first place. It's just, it's so ridiculous. And it's like, if we could replace alcohol with marijuana, the world would be just so much, it would be a happier place. I was in the, I was in traffic the other day and this lady, like it's construction, there's no merge lanes. Everyone can tell the two lanes are merging into one. A car from the left gets over, car from the right gets over, car from the left gets over, a car from the right. So I'm doing the same thing that everyone else is doing. And this woman is just so angry that I'm about to get in front of her. Like She's trying to run me off the road, but I'm like, there's nowhere for me to go. I have to go. So I end up getting in front of her and I'm smoking my joint and she's just in her rear view. I can see her in the rear view mirror. She's just like, like yelling and screaming. And there's like a kid next to her. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, if you had this, I swear you would not be acting like this right now. Oh, like, that would have been. I'm like, I'm like, I wish I could just give this to you right now. I was going to say, the, the funniest, this sounds like a, this honestly, this sounds like an SNL skit or something. Like, it would have been just hilarious if she's just somehow you guys get, you know, a window to window at the next light or something and she's just going off on you and you're just like, ma'am, here you go. And she just goes, sorry about that i didn't mean it this is all i needed you know like oh, I don't know, yeah. something. it was just insane and i'm just like everyone's in traffic everyone's frustrated but if you had this your life would be a little less frustrating right now at least <laughs> right right True. continue on the topic of everybody would just be happier man i don't even know where the road the road rage it's like why you didn't get anywhere any faster. That's crazy. People get shot and killed over that. It's like if everyone had a joint in traffic, like it would be so good. There would be so many fewer accidents. Like it would just be so chill on the road, on the highways. <laughs> yeah. That, you know, interestingly, this, this sounds like a, uh, it sounds like it could be not only its own sitcom, it could be its own TV show. Get, yeah. get the most, get the most polarizing people together on either side. It's- Get them, get them together and then get them high and yep. then just let them talk. Like they're not going to be at each other's throats. <laughs> no, you will. It's just like you will. If we had a, like, if you could be a fly on the wall, like literally record it and play it back to them, they would be like, wow, really? 
<laughs> yeah, what what was I what was I thinking? I was so angry. What was I thinking? My cousin finally tried marijuana for the first time. She's 32. Finally tried it for the first time. She had such a big stigma over it. And once she tried it and realized how less anxiety and less stress she had. I mean, she smoked every day since she smoked the first time. And wow. I'm just and, like and, and how and how old was she when she when that happened? She started 32. Like she just did it like earlier this year. Yes. Like I finally got her to try it and she would just have this huge stigma against it. And it's like, now when she gets home from work to relieve her stress and, you know, simmer her day down, she smokes a joint. And I'm just like, don't you feel so much better? Like (laughs) one one of the interesting things, I mean, with the stigma, it's like, where'd the stigma come from? Right. I mean, it came from, Mm The prohibition it came from the propaganda it came from all mm-hmm. these things that are just meant to to demonize the plant you know to for for a certain purpose right for yeah. for a certain goal not necessarily a positive goal but part of that just knowing that background has it, at least for me it makes me kind of question everything in a sense mm-hmm. it's like okay i hear what's going on over here i hear what's going on over here it's kind of just like sit back like take it with a grain of salt, take in as much information as you can and try to make the best educated decision that you can on whatever that topic is. Because it doesn't matter what it is, if, you, if, it, if, it's, if it's in the mainstream and it is believed to be true, you know, it may be, but it doesn't necessarily always mean it's it really is. It means that it is, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, hey, and what, I think that's, thought the world yeah, that's was flat 2,000 years ago. I mean, You're <laughs> right, you're like, right. You're absolutely correct. We were just gonna fall off and go where? Exactly. Well, I mean, and people still believe that today. So, <laughs> living under a rock. Okay. Yeah, yeah. This is funny, but I guess overall, I mean, that was me as well. I mean, mm-hmm. that same stigma um, out here in California, in in Southern California, in kind of um, you know, let's say not total like weed culture area, but it was, it's around. And I was a skater kid. So mm-hmm. uh, definitely around with all of my friends. So I had a, I had, I didn't have a negative outlook on it, but I didn't have mm-hmm. a positive outlook. It wasn't something right. that I ever thought was going to be for me. And part of the stigma I bought into, you know, I bought mm-hmm. into the, the, you're going to be lazy. You know, if you smoke weed, you're going to be a couch mm-hmm. potato. You're a loser. You're a, you know, whatever. I bought into all that stuff. It, it's not obviously it's not true but right. so much more of that came less down to the cannabinoid the product thc the weed whatever it came down to the individual right. i mean right doesn't doesn't matter you take a you take a very highly motivated person you know that has a strong base under them and is looking to do a certain goal like they're gonna they're gonna go for it they're gonna do it right. doesn't matter if you want to get high yeah. once or twice you know yeah. whatever they're still going for it yeah. And then uh, I've, I've had this conversation on a few of our deep dives, one with, uh, with uh, Jessica Ferrante with STM Canna. And mm-hmm. I asked her the question because we started talking about this and it was like, Jessica, you're a, you're a very accomplished person. You are, or sorry, I'm talking about Jessica now. Right, and yeah. Including yourself. Or, sorry, other, Je- both Jessicas. <laughs> My bad. Um, <laughs> actually, both Jessicas. You're, you're I very- gotcha. I'm following. I follow. <laughs> What I was what I was getting at was like I asked her I was like when was the first time you smoked weed, and for her it was like I think it was like twelve or thirteen for me it was twelve I was or 13. thirteen. I was thirteen. Yeah, and it's like I it's- always knew I wanted to do it. Like I always knew, like once I learned what it was, I was like, 
that's me. Like, I want to well, try it. What, what I was what I was getting at with it is I was just like, look, most of the people that I talk to with the hemp show or you know, the, let's say the entrepreneurs of these cannabis businesses, hemp businesses, whatever, they've all dabbled in it. And they, and most of them was like at a very young age. I mean, mm-hmm. me, junior high, stole weed from my brother. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I didn't necessarily, I mean, that was the, I smoked when I was 12 and I don't think I smoked again until I was maybe 18 and maybe once or twice when I was young. But I was just like, you know, we've all done a lot. We've done big things. We're highly motivated people, you know, running companies it's like if we had been caught or if I had been caught at that age and actually one of the times I was caught, but that's, <laughs> um, but if I had been caught at that caught. age, it's like, you know, you're treated as if it's the end of the world. Like you're right. a child, you are learning about this world. Your mind is growing and sure there's, there's studies that you shouldn't um, partake all the time with a growing right. mind. It's not a, it's not a good idea, but it's not the end of the world. If right. your kid smokes weed, it's not the end of the world. <laughs> like, yeah, I tried it for the first time at 13 and then again at 15 a couple times. And then it probably wasn't until about 17 when I was like almost every weekend. And then the week after that, I'm 18. So, you know, it's like I'm grown now and it's the norm. And this is <laughs> how I heal. This is how I focus. This is how I make it through the day because... I'm sore and I'm hurting and, <laughs> you know, I've got an interesting one. I want to share with you here. Um, mm-hmm. All right. So, you know, we talked about the athletic side. I'm a former professional football player. been playing football since um, I think it was like third grade is the mm-hmm. first, first time I played. So long, I mean, tons and tons yeah. of uh, <laughs> head bashing in that time. Mm-hmm. And yeah. my freshman year of high school, I got, two things there's two opposite things that happened here one prom i got arrested for an mip with my prom group including my prom date and we were all stoned out of our minds so got a little scared scared straight i don't think they i don't know if they knew that we were stoned they probably knew i'm sure they did i think they thought we were drunk (laughs) i think they thought they were drunk but Either way, got that. That's part of what kind of the one element of the like the scared straight thing is like I got stoned. You know, you said depending on what you have, who knows what you have back then. Maybe it was a sativa, right. maybe it was an indica, whatever. But either way, a certain level of anxiety probably had a sativa. So the anxiety was through the roof. The experience mm-hmm. of not only the the mindset of having to interact with with the police and getting arrested that age and about to get in trouble and on, on, you know, smoking weed, having not done it and for not really partaken much before it kind of mm-hmm. scared me straight. I didn't, I didn't touch it again until I was an adult. And oh, wow. so, which is good and bad, right? Yeah. But yeah. I was going to say the, the other opposite. I have, um, extremely bad, like I get back spasms. So oh my God, me too. running a lot of back spasms. So that year was the first time that I was prescribed Pain, uh, this, these were muscle relaxers. So mm. I, was per, I was prescribed somas. And mm. that was the first dabble into pill popping mm. as a as an athlete. And then mm. that progressed. And that progressed through injuries, through team members getting injuries, through also recreational use. But that was the start. So right. that became Vicodin, Percocet, 
Oxycontin, on and on. And that kind of lasted like a wave until my career had ended after my fourth foot surgery, where I was like, I can't take this trash anymore. This is killing me. And then that's what got me back into the cannabis space. But I'm saying it's like the same exact year, I had two polar opposite experiences that then converged later on. And it's as if like, okay, would I have been better off? And I don't know the answer to this question. I'm just saying, would I have been better off treating with cannabis? Yeah, with with cannabis, you know, with THC, would I have been better off treating my my sports ailment that I got my prescription for Somas for with that, which then would have... It, it probably wouldn't have stopped, you know, the pill popping. It might have, mm-hmm. might have slowed it. But yeah. then but then look at all the injuries down the line. You yeah. know, the Vicodins, the Percocets, all that other stuff. If that That's had crazy. been supplemented with, I'm not saying it can, I'm not saying weed, cannabis, and whatever can fix all those things. I'm just saying mm-hmm. that there is certain things that it can help with. So yeah, I, I don't know the answer to these questions, but that was the, yeah. first, that was literally the first thought that just popped in my head. It's like, damn, those happened the same year. And mm. results are two completely different things. Right. Drugs being thrown at me by, by doctors and then me being arrested for smoking weed. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I feel like I had to hide for so long. And when I was pregnant, I was really, really sick. And I really had to hide when I was pregnant because I was still in the military and I was pregnant. But I was so sick while I was pregnant to the point to where I couldn't keep anything down. So swallowing a pill to help me keep food down or to help me go to sleep or to help me with anything wasn't even an option. So, you know, my doctor ended up writing a letter for me, a prescription basically for me for the military because I pissed hot because I'm using in order to sleep, in order to eat, in order to not feel like, you know, I'm going to die every day. Um, And that's really like that. it, It saved my life, honestly. And I, I just, <laughs> I'd look back and how much I had to hide and, you know, you know, make sure no one knew I was doing it and even delivering, you know, <laughs> it's like worrying if they're going to test for that or take your kid or anything like that. I wasn't really worried about that, but that still was a worry that I know other people had to deal with. So, yeah, I was going to say, there's I a just, lot of people that worry about that. Exact yeah. Thing. Yeah. I know. Yeah. My, my doctor knew, so I wasn't necessarily worried, but I just feel like it, marijuana definitely saved my life and having to hide and all of that. I just, I hate that we have to do that. And I feel like in Texas, there's still to a certain extent um, and Austin, especially it's like, it's decriminalized. If you have under four ounces and you get pulled over, you know, you're good, but it's not like that everywhere. And I just need them to hurry up with this because it's not fair. Right, right. And yeah, Texas <laughs> is behind the behind the eight ball as well. Yeah. But you know, there's only 13 states left that have, you know, some getting up to do. And Texas is surrounded by everyone. Everyone's legalized around Texas. So it's only a matter of time. Right, right. Now you mentioned, you know, um what you were going through, what you're going through when you're pregnant. Now, this is unrelated to that, but have you heard of the Jamaican study? Mm, no. So um, it's been a long time since I've read it, and I actually just tried to pull it up to get a little synopsis. Um, I encourage everybody to actually read about it, but and I hope I'm not wrong here because it has been so long. And I believe it was 1975. Um, Jamaican study pot pregnancy. It just popped up. Yes. So yeah. in 1975, um, a 
there was a, a study was commissioned to study basically study infants of of children of moms that had smoked weed while while pregnant and the, the study was never completed and the reason it was never completed is because it was it was funded by drug companies to by a drug company or something to, to ultimately try to find a negative result right and when the, the results were not negative they stopped. they stopped so, so there was no just, completion of the study listen my son was the worst pregnancy the second one my, my second one my youngest child and he is huge and ginormous and he's in the fourth grade and he's supposed to be in the third grade my son is super smart he's super athletic like it's crazy to me how big and advanced he is compared to some of his cousins and you know his peers like he just turned nine but he's the size of a 12 year old almost and oh really yeah and he's like literally in the fourth grade he's supposed to be in the third grade he's a grade ahead he's just so advanced and so smart and so big and you know just strong-headed and stubborn it's ridiculous and i smoke pot with him every single day of my pregnancy oh wow yeah i mean yeah. It, it, this this is something that does need to be revisited and i, I there's got to be some groups that have that have uh, thought about it. But yeah, I guess overall, the takeaway was just that when there was positive, it was almost as it, they didn't, it was, my understanding is that they didn't just find <laughs> negative results or sorry, didn't just not find negative results is that they started to find positive results. And they're like, positive. uh-uh, shut this down. Crazy. We this cannot tell the public. We cannot I mean, the, the fact that it was, I mean, it was used to be in every medicine until it became illegal. Like they use cannabis and almost every medicine back in the day and for it to be illegal today it's just i'm just waiting because yeah. it's crazy don't, but it, it's it all also, about money it's all about money there's a bit of a like a cynicism to it too as far as mm-hmm. like like i said earlier when yeah no matter what it is you got to look at it with open with an open mind to try to make your mm-hmm. own decision about it but right as far as the cynicism it's kind of as if anytime i'm fed anything anything it's just like wait a second where's the slant like where's right where's you know where's the motive who's who's got purpose mm. for this like who's right. doing this for this ah yeah. there's <laughs> always a motive follow the money follow the money yes yes it, it, it's <laughs> right i mean and and then for those that for those that don't know there's a ton of that are listening there's a ton of documentaries there's a ton of documentation about the entire prohibition of of hemp, marijuana, all of the above, and the reasons for Black that. And brown people, everything. Yes. Yeah, it started everything. with what one of them was like with Dupont and paper and paper mills. And, yep. And all paper. Paper hemp. is where it started. That's where it started with hemp was the paper. Right. And then for cannabis was the black and brown people. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah, yeah it levying levying attacks on it, and then so mm-hmm. on, and that ends up. Oh, yeah. Oh my gosh. This is, this is <laughs> we could go on, on for days. I know. Yeah. It's almost 420 where you are. Yeah, yeah. I got I got another I got another an hour and hour and twenty hour and minutes. a half. Uh, hour and no, twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah, but I, I do I do have to jump off here in a few minutes. Uh okay. but this is this is really fun. I do want to get out to go ahead and see you over in um over in Houston sometime, but then when you're going to do the one in Austin. Well, we're going to do one every year from here on out. So Memorial Day weekend and Labor Day weekend every year it's going down. So that's the plan and it's going to get bigger and better every year. Nice. Well, before we, before we hop off here, I want to share just, this is just a, this was just an idea that I had a while ago, which still wanted to execute it. 
I still want to. And this is something to consider with, with what you're putting on. I could add it to it. Well, I've always wanted to do, um, I've always wanted to combine the fitness side of it. Right. Uh, The athletic side of it. And so, you know how people do, and then I have a different twist, which I'll share with, I'll share with you, you know, in more detail because I don't have enough time to go over it now, but (laughs) it was to basically implement some sort of fitness style, um, like obstacle course competition at one of these things as if like, but, um, and have it, it was going to be a, like a CBD hemp focused, you know, health and wellness type festival. However, you're all high before you do it. You're all, well, (laughs) that was probably not going to fly for insurance purposes. So that is not, it's against the rules. But the moment you come it off, it will be cool. <laughs> but doesn't it doesn't mean some people won't break the rules? But the moment you come right. off, and the moment you're done, there's there's something waiting for you. <laughs> you're, okay, yeah, okay. Once yeah. you reach the finish line, then you get the prize. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Because I don't think, I mean, <laughs> sorry, I just I just envisioned a whole bunch of people stoned out of their minds. So running. fun through like a frogman type like obstacle course you have to drink a bottle of water first though <laughs> you smoke your joint um, and drink your water at the same time then you can compete <laughs> yeah yeah but let's I definitely I, i'm going to share with you in more detail because i actually wrote okay i wrote the whole plans for this that entire, would be perfect for austin because yeah that that'll give me enough time to get it together so you know what that, it, yeah there there will be some time actually one thousand percent so let's we're gonna that'll make sure that you're there so i'm gonna make sure we make that happen so i can make sure you're there that'll right, force you right. to come You'll well this yeah no, that, that, definitely definitely but i've, <laughs> I've got to rock out i'm gonna go ahead and okay. wrap this up thank you so much uh All thank right. you so much for being here awesome. and then awesome, awesome. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com.